0: Game Report, where we talk all things power. I am one of your hosts, Triple D, and across me, as always, is...
1: What's up, world? This is Carlos D. How you doing, man? I'm ready for it to be over, brother.
0: You you ready? You Uh, ready for it to be done?
1: Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I I love doing the show with you. I enjoy doing the recaps, but this show, I I can't with it no more. I I just, (laughs) I don't want to watch any more episodes, and I don't want to talk about the episodes once I do watch them.
0: Oh my goodness! All right, well, we are here, of course, to talk about episode fourteen. This is sudden death. We're at the uh, we're at the two minute warning. This is it. Uh, episode fourteen: a reversal of fortune. And um, before we get to it, we we have to do the right thing, and we we have to pay our respects to a legend uh, in the game. Um on and off the court, uh, Mr. Kobe being Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and not to get too deep, um, obviously the other seven passengers on that uh, helicopter who uh, tragically lost their lives and just just a random, just sh- just in a, in a crazy act of, of the universe. Like you, you know, one minute you're, all of us were doing whatever we were doing Sunday and you see a notification and you know you don't think it's it's real uh, because that's the world we live in. It's nothing for a, a, a death hoax to hop up. And uh, as time goes on, we, we we realize the shocking truth that these these people have lost their lives tragically. Um, any any quick words on that?
1: Uh, no, I think you you summed it up pretty well. Definitely rest in peace uh, to. Um... You know Kobe, the other his daughter, the other seven people. I feel real bad about the two kids. I think they had two thirteen years on there, um, and because even Kobe at forty one, you know that's nobody don't want to die at forty one. But at least he got a chance to live, you know, to grow up, to get married, to live out his dream of playing in the NBA, um, to be a father and everything. Those poor little girls, you know, they barely even started their life. You know, just hitting thirteen, um, and to to have it over is is, is definitely. You know, just one of the tragedies of life. Um, so all I can tell everybody, and I know this is cliche and people say it all the time, but enjoy your life. Uh Enjoy your loved ones. Enjoy the good times. Don't wallow on negativity or bad stuff. We never know how long we're going to be on this on this earth. Uh, we don't know what comes after this or if anything comes out of it. So just enjoy yourself. You know, don't hurt nobody else and, and just try to have fun. So that's all I can
0: say. All right. So let's uh let's get on into it. Episode fourteen: A reversal of fortune. Uh, twenty four hours with Tate. <laughs> go ahead. I mean, go ahead and, and let it out, man. Okay. What I mean, were your thoughts on? So, that? so
1: off the break, and it's not that I think this episode is necessarily like bad as an episode by itself, but for this to be the 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 the, the I can't even think what I'm saying. Not the last episode. Yeah, there I'm you so go. Like the Pentopolis episode, the episode before the final episode, after we done watched six years of this, and you give us an episode about another second-rate character, a full deep dive into him, it's just not what I wanted, not not anything I wanted to see, not anything I needed to see, um, and I feel uh, bad talking to me- negative about it, because once again, good, good acting performances. I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed a lot of different aspects of this episode. There was a lot of fun parts to it, but overall, we just didn't need it as fans. It was not something that I I needed. If I never saw what happened to Tate, I wouldn't care Um, just because he just wasn't important enough into the show to deserve to have. I mean, at least give us Tommy. You know, Give us that Tommy episode uh, as the episode before the finale. But don't throw in a, a, a Tate episode after you before the final one. So I not that the episode was horrible, but I just didn't need it. What's your thoughts?
0: um i I, I definitely don't feel as strong, but I definitely totally agree. Um, another misuse of time um because they they're gonna cram three characters into this finale um, which and I I don't know. I think and this this is could be me being tin foil hat. I think they're gonna they're gonna like, they're gonna drop this last episode. Uh, obviously, not next week because that's the Super Bowl, and I, I knew it was gonna happen. Like I, I'll, I promise I'll get into my actual initial thoughts, but I knew this was just when you when you mentioned that um that that the Super Bowl was gonna be after this episode, I had a feeling that they were gonna go ahead and end this episode and not mention at all that they're gonna take that next week off. Um. Be, because they've done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they, when we get to the, you know, on the next episode of Power, which it wasn't even on the next episode of Power. Um, it was just, you know, a big kind of build up for this next episode. It said nothing about not next week. You know what I mean? Right. Like this particular date. Um, so that's going to be fun seeing people realize like, oh, crap, it is a Super Bowl. Ain't no power tonight. And like, darn it. Like, I got to wait another week. Um, but yeah, I said all that to say, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I I enjoyed this episode, but in the back of my head, I was just like, this was a gross misuse of time. If you had to keep all five of these episodes, you need to rearrange the order. Um, just go ahead and let people be mad and have pa- Paz be first, then do Tate, then Dre. Well, actually, you, you need Dre's before Tate's. So Paz dre tate then tommy and then this last episode um like you said the acting was awesome it, it was pretty much 60 minutes of lorenz tate just flexing reminding people of who he is um which i appreciate that aspect but at the same time there's more we could have done with this time um oh uh did you notice did you pick up on the opening credits that uh, Mario Mario Van Peebles directed this episode. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I I just happened to catch it. I almost never look at the, the credits for real, for real. Um, you ready to jump into this?
1: Yeah, man. Let's 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 kind of get into it. Let's... <laughs> All right.
0: So I'm uh, defeated. <laughs> so we uh we 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 jump in. If I'm assuming correctly, um, this is. This is a continuation of when uh, Ghost goes to Tate's office, and Tate tells him that his 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 campaign is pretty much done and the QCP is done because he look he was drinking then. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing this is a continuation from there because um, we find Tate in some Jamaican hole in the wall spot, drunk, drunk, uh, calling up somebody by the name of Croup. Uh, and this is him pretty much putting out the the hit. Well, pretty much putting out the feelers for a contractor, um, being super handsy with a with a server, right? uh, Bart server waitress, uh, bartender, all the same. I was gonna say I don't know if waitress is derogatory anymore. I, I don't know what the deal with that is, but yeah, yeah. Um, we get we get a a obviously out of line, but funny funny dialogue talking about how he you know what I'm saying he still got it in the bedroom and all that we get the drunk talk the drunk slurring how did you feel about the opening scene
1: I mean it was a good it was a good setup to start the episode off um so it, I mean it was like I said, it was funny it was like more kind of like a comic relief thing um you know Tate is always bragging about his sexual prowess and everything associated with that so I thought that was kind of funny or amusing um, I think the 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 most interesting part about it is the setup where he is calling out the enforcers hmm. to come deal with this problem. So it shows that this man, for the, to be a former cop and a politician, you know we know he had like his dirty backgrounds. He can really get dirty, dirty, um, if it need be. To have uh, contract killers in your kind of rolodex, it, it seems like an extreme move, but you know it was it was a nice something like that. This man is not one to be messed with, I guess.
0: Yeah, I definitely kind of dug. Um... Kind of the setup of the the waitress calling, but uh, we would find out would be his uh, his brother, and you know telling him that like hey like yo your brother's down here drunk you need to come get him, and uh, that was a cool I, I I definitely dug that transition of him blacking out mm-hmm. where he just kind of tilts to the side and everything um, I like that he wakes up in a strange bed. Strange to us, of course. Yeah. And um we get an introduction to his family, which um I'm like you. While it, as interesting as this was, if they'd have brought this in at maybe a season ago, mm-hmm. I'd probably be more interested in Tate. Yeah. As opposed to this guy that just slides through with uh with with greasy politician talk.
1: Right. Like it's the same thing with the pause episode. It's like you're introducing more secondary members of their family and this might have been interesting if this was earlier in the season and you may if they had did this last year do you may care, have cared more about Tate in this episode um but you know when you start introducing family members this late in the game i mean how invested am i going to get in them even though i i, I do want to give a shout out to his brother who is yeah. also his real life brother and his
0: actual brother yeah who
1: i, I hadn't really seen know. in a minute and i you know into this episode i did not realize that they were brothers cuz i've seen dude in of course, do don't be a minister. South Central, way back in the day, uh, he was in Barbershop. He was the uh.
0: He was in don't be a menace.
1: Not don't be a menace. Not menace to society. Don't no, no, be I'm a talking menace. About
0: don't be a menace.
1: Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he was Ashtray's father. Remember, his father was younger than him. Mar- uh, Sean Wayne's father. Man,
0: it's been forever. I gotta.
1: You I have to go back and watch. But he was yeah, definitely I that dude. To. But until I saw of like side by side, I didn't realize. Oh, damn, that is Lorraine. I mean, he. I never really noticed that this dude, you know, because he, you know, he's not as big a star as his brother is, uh, but I've definitely seen him in a lot of stuff, and then I realized they were like brothers, and so you see him side by side, like, damn, they damn look like twins. Yeah. Except one got to keep their hairline, and I guess the other one wasn't <laughs> as lucky.
0: Uh, right. Right. Which I, I honestly didn't know that he was his brother until, like, later on, I want to say way after the fact. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a dope touch. I like that every now and then Power does stuff like this where, you know, they'll connect a few people from other, that have other connections, I should say. Um, like, you know, the whole, uh, what was it? I want to say Vinny and, um, and Proctor thing, where they were on, um, Entourage together. And apparently, Aunt Dolores was on Entourage, too. Yeah,
1: she was, um, um his manager. Not his, uh, agent, but his manager.
0: So, that was a dope, I, I like when they do stuff like that, um, also, I wonder, I wonder if that's like when I, when I saw you know when we get introduced to the fact that this is his brother and everything, and he's got on you know we obviously he's a police officer from the the sweatshirt he's wearing. I was like, does NYPD let you rock beards like that? Because I know a lot of law enforcement, you can barely have a goatee. Uh, this dude looked like he was New York undercover, <laughs> but he was clearly a uniform officer. Um, and, uh, keeping with the theme of these past few episodes, we get Tate seeing the, um, the news report that, uh, go, excuse me, James St. Patrick is going to be joining the, 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 the Lorette Walsh campaign. And he has his outburst, which I thought was, I like that then, you know, he, he kind of forgets his place, but he's, he's still super salty about all this, um, Anything on, on the rest of that scene before we move on?
1: Oh, nah, I mean, I, I, I think the next scene is much more interesting than even that one.
0: Boy, is it. We get Hitman said. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm kind of glad that they let him just do his, you know, they let him be funny. I I, I was interested. I wanted to see him not be funny because I wanted to see if he could do it. Um, I can't think of many things that I've seen Cedric the entertainer in where he's not been you know building laughs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. um but you know he killed it in this scene he, apparently he's uh he's got a father son team going on and man this was this was probably the most violent scene in the series mm-hmm. i can't think of anything this violent,
1: yeah, not, not not cutting off a like a pound uh, of flesh from somebody's leg.
0: Yeah, that was wild. Um, you know, I, I I thought they would have just implied it, but nah, they they showed it, right? Like, it, it, I, I'll let you continue.
1: Nah, I mean this this croup uh, was definitely a highlight of this uh, this episode. One of my favorite parts of it was Cedric uh Cedric Entertainment's performance as Croup. Um, I, and this was a character I wish they would have introduced earlier. So I think yeah. we could have got a lot of good fun stories um with him. Uh, I don't know if he could have worked his way into, you know, doing some jobs for it, ghosting them or whatever it may be. But like this is an interesting character, a fun character that I think we, you know, would have loved to have seen a little bit earlier. Um, but we only get him for about, you know, not even half the whole episode. But he was fun. Uh I think Cedric did a good job. I think he played the the position, you know, played the part real well. Um I like how he was like <laughs> you know, a random father and son hitman team is not like the best thing. You know, most dads right. go fishing with their kids or play baseball, right. and he out there teaching them the game of killing. Um, so I, a dope, dope, episode. Uh, not dope, episode, dope scene. Um, definitely gory. Um, yeah. not for the faint of heart, but definitely a great way to introduce them to the show.
0: Yeah, um, his love for country music, the mm-hmm. fact that he's trying to show his son the game, um, which you know, semi-running theme with this this show is somebody taking. Taking someone else under their wing. Um, How did you feel about his – how did you feel about – what is his name? I I had it in my His son? Brandon Michael Hall. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about him – them playing off of each other?
1: I think they had a good dynamic. I think it was like, you know, the the son is eager to try to get into the game, um, but he still, like, is playing that reverence to his father, showing that respect when his father's like, yo, chill, or, you know, watch out, or you're doing too much, or I'm trying to educate you – and, you know, it seemed like they just had a good father-son relationship, even though their profession was a little bit uh, not the average father-son business.
0: Right. Um, I, I liked how they played off of each other. The only thing I think it was just, and this is this is super nitpicky. I, I'll own it. I, I needed him to have it didn't need to be as full-blown, but, like, I needed a, a, a hint of the accent. Because just, like, you, you sound like he adopted you which is i mean hey you know if people want to deep dive and make their fanfics and come up with the the, the legend of of croup and carter be my guess but i don't know i just felt like the way they talked to each other and just like you know aside from the killing thing that was the only thing they had in common like i i wanted to be, I, I that that's how good their dynamic was that's how interesting of characters they were i wanted to believe more that these two were actually father and son mm-hmm um, but you know, I, like I said, nitpicky, um, from there we go to Tate and his brother, uh, blowing off some steam at the shooting range. And, uh, we, we get, we get the early, the early showings that, um, and also I, I assumed that, uh, that Tate was the older brother, but this is in fact, not the case. Um, uh, Maul is actually the older brother. Um, Tate just got taller, yeah. um, and we also see where where Tate gets the the random hoodie, uh, the oversized hoodie that he he popped up in in episode ten, um, and they're pretty much just kind of having a bit of heart to heart. And uh, we see that Tate still got it, but uh, Maul is much better.
1: Yeah, I think this up the scene really set up what what has been going in all these scenes is that there's one voice of reason that's trying to tell the person, look, chill out. Or, you know, this is not what you do or let it go or, or kind of, you know, you're doing too much or whatever it may be. And I think this was setting up, uh, I think his name is what is his name, Maul? Yeah. To be the voice of reason in this one. So we had Kate for all people for Tommy. We had Paz's son for her. Um, we had uh, Dre's fiance for him. And then this was just to set up the scene that this guy's going to be the one that's like trying to put this person who is the central character of this episode on the right path with some worldly advice and then the person just kind of doing whatever they want to do and it kind of ignoring the advice. So I think that's what the scene really set up.
0: Yeah, I also want the, the main thing that I, I, I got from that scene on top of all that was that he you know, in good family dynamics, you're going to know your brother and like he pretty much told him like whatever your whatever your, your hangups right now, it's all driven by your ego like you can you can move past this stuff like when he um when he said, well, since you're done with um, with politics, why don't you come back to being a you know, get back to being a police officer? Which, on on a slight side, I could see de- Tate being like, nah, I'm not gonna throw it all away because I lost this one race. But at the si- at the same time, you know, his brother just being like, look, man, you're really good at being a police officer, and it's not it's not a bad career, you know what I mean? And you're you're great at it, so like. Why don't you just, just being like throwing out options? You know what I mean? But he and that's when he tell he told him, like, you know, right now you're driven by ego and you, you like you said, you need to chill out. Um, from there, we go to some fancy schmancy restaurant with uh, Loretta Walsh, Ramona and uh, Scary Mr. Ott um, discussing what the next move is going to be, how they're going to move forward. And um, we get Tate rolling up on him <laughs> in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, angry you know, black man. Angry black man. And uh, trying to plead his case. And, and good job on the extras parts by, you know, being being classy. Well, not classy, classless. And, like, looking down on him as he walked by. Um, and him just trying to plead his case on why he's he doesn't feel he's done. And... Uh, Scary Mr. Ott saying like, look, man, it's it's over. And um, I I think one of the one of the dope things aside from the his exit, he he pretty much lays down the truth, like despite a lot of his flaws, like he's very good at at speaking at, you know, garnering emotion and support. And, you know, he he runs down Obama's trajectory and it's just like this is, you know, had he not ran into James St. Patrick. Mm. Honestly, not ran into James St. Patrick. Had he not tried to play James St. Patrick, he probably could have legitimately done this. Like, won this this race. Well, definitely. Um, I mean,
1: you see in the latest scene that he definitely got a lot of support up amongst the people. It's just that he couldn't play nice with ghosts pretty much because of the ego that his brother was talking about. Where he had to be the man or he had to let, let everybody know that he's the top dog or, you know, the biggest dick in the room. So... I think that just kinda of fed into us into them showing a little bit more of that. Cause even when like it seemed like all hopes was lost, the DNC is like, look, man, chill out, um, you know, concede, see, work with us, and then we'll set you up down the line. He he basically told them what he told them, fuck all of y'all and just left out. So yeah. it's just showing that this man's ego was just out you know, unchecked and he's his own biggest enemy as good as he is at being slimy and being a politician and putting on that smile, he still doesn't know, you know, know when to dial it back.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, a great, great acting, although there's parts, um, great writing. Cause even Loretta, they like, they gave Loretta this one line and she delivered it perfectly. She was just like, the last thing we need is the NYPD causing problem. Me talking to the NYPD and another black man in a hoodie. And she delivered that like right on the nose. Mm-hmm. So I was like,
1: "Well, you know, she been saying some bunch of low key racist stuff after right. they introduced her."
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, I think you know that's just a sign of good acting, where it's just like her her job is not for us to like her, and she's doing a damn good job of it. Um, side note, because I, I meant to talk about this earlier, um, but I, I forgot. Uh, speaking of people. Playing their roles way too, way too, too well. Even though I don't think he's played his roles way too well that well. Uh, I, I take it you've seen Michael Rainey Jr., the uh, actor that plays Tariq, uh, woke up one day to like three hundred plus death threats.
1: Nah, man, I don't, you know I, not, know I don't make a social media like that, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, but I, I think I don't, I don't know that since I think people are just stupid. There are a lot of dummies yeah. in oh, yeah, this world. Definitely, definitely. Like, if you can't separate the fact that this kid is just an actor and he's not really Tariq, then, you know, you need not be sent a death threat. You might want to check yourself to some type of hospital. Yeah, honestly,
0: you, I think a lot of it is just, it's and it, it doesn't justify whatsoever, but I think a lot of it's trolling um, people, trying to be cute and, and be noticed. Um, same thing happened to to uh, Lila, Lila Loren. Lauren. I always mess up her name. Who's Angie Valdez. Oh, her. Um, okay, the actress that plays her. Um, people said uh, I saw. I listened to one podcast where um, somebody did an interview with the actress that plays Holly. She got death threats, and it's just like people are crazy. Uh, but I think a lot of it, and like I said, not condoning it, it's definitely not cute. Is uh, I think a lot of it's trolling, which yeah. is terrible. Um, but yeah. Uh, so from there, you know, he walks out. And uh, he he decides to go to go to church, have a have a conversation with God real quick, uh, where he runs into I always forget the the reverend or pastor's name, but um who who's not and this is what I thought was really interesting. Um, he's not just trying to like counsel him through this tough time. He also told him like yeah you need to do this because you made some promises you need to upkeep. Right. Um, how did you what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean,
1: like, like I said, this this point of why I don't like trust, I don't, I am not deal myself in religion, uh, cause I feel like it's nobody, even the pastor, well, I shouldn't say all the time, but in this particular scene, this clearly is not only about his best interest in being a good, upstanding citizen, but he just wants something out of it, getting close to somebody in a position of power. Uh, and so to me, I like, I feel like just kind of abusing his faith to, to be trading it for some type of favor with a, with a, poli- uh, a politician. Um, but, you know, the scene itself was was pretty cool. Uh, I definitely like Tate's uh, um, comment about God needs to get off his ass and give me a miracle because um, yeah. he was like, shit, I'm at, the, I'm at my wit's end. At this point, yeah. I think he had finally, after that beat with the DNC and, and Walsh and then he might have finally been at the point where, like, damn it, I, I am beat. I am lost, and if, if something, like, like I said, miraculous don't come, I really am on my ass and out of this picture.
0: Yeah, me he asked for a miracle and a miracle he got yeah. for in the next scene um, the shady twins, right, uh, dirty cops are us, <laughs> Sax and, and uh, Blanca Rodriguez walk in and um, they give him a miracle on a plate on a platter um, and <laughs> I think this was a great use of just uh, just scene where the, the music kind of swells up and there's these kind of flashing lights that kind of light the room up and everything yeah. um and he, he he gets what he believes is is his miracle um which and that's pretty much the 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 revelation that they're investigating him in his connection to the murder of ray ray um
1: i thought this was but, them coming to talk about silva
0: you're right. Sorry.
1: If you remember, I mean, right. they didn't talk about like because they really cut this episode of this scene way down than they had it in the original. I think episode ten yeah. or whatever it was when they first came because they didn't really show any of the the conversation or what the conversation was about. But I I think remember this was when they came to try to tie him uh, the the QCB him seeing ghosts at the QCB uh, and then ghosts the dirt they found on the shoes or whatever it was. Right. Uh, so yeah, but like you said, he got his miracle. Or he thought he had got his miracle. Um and and I don't mean to cut you off, but if you if you didn't have anything else on that scene, it kind of leads into a next scene, which yeah, I also enjoyed was exciting. Run with it, uh, where he meets with Croup and Carter, the uh, father done killing duo. Um, and and basically like
0: and their father, son Jordans.
1: <laughs> oh, did they? I didn't even look at it. You be oh, catching yeah. stuff. I don't even pay attention to
0: it. Was like, and the only reason I caught it was because um, I think they were like I I don't know if they were fives or sixes or whatever, uh-huh. but they were. I don't know if you ever remember because I never had Jordans, but I remember they definitely released one pair where the tongues were like kind of like metallic
1: mm-hmm.
0: or or like iridescent, whichever one like the reflective material. Yeah, like Cedric had those on, and like my my eyes went to the bottom of the screen. I was like, "What? What is happening right now?" And that's when I picked them up. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah,
1: I'll about to check that. But um, so like I said, we go to Croup, and he's like, you know, thank you guys for coming up for DC. Uh, but I don't think his services no longer lean it, and um. You know, I never hired a contract killer I've never been involved in <laughs> wet work um, But I don't think that's something You can just kind of cancel Especially right. when you made them go out of their way And you were like oh, this is adamant Get your ass up here right now Um, you And then DC, Right and then they oblige, And then you all of a sudden talking about something Well now we don't need your service anymore uh, So they basically told him look man uh, It ain't no cancellation policy uh, We came all the way up here So you got two choices Either we kill you or will you tell us who the target is, and we're gonna kill him. Um, so, even though I think he thought he had this, you know, miracle, he didn't need their services anymore. Um, he also wanted to save his own ass, and he said sick, he sicked them on ghosts.
0: Yeah, yeah, dope, dope scene. Just I, I, I love, I love pushy, pushy said, and I like the fact that his son was like. He was just trying to be cool and, you know, be professional and everything. He's like, look, man, whatever you need, like, we'll take care of it. We'll, do it, we'll do it for cheaper. <laughs> and he was like, whoa, 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 no, not cheaper. <laughs> right. right. We'll do it
1: faster. But we, no, no. We not cutting no right. corners when we talking about killing somebody.
0: Yeah. So I, I, it, you know, obviously knowing what happened to the dude, I would have liked to have seen him get, like, a little underlying arch, like Jukebox got. Like, just sprinkle him in there. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know. I'm pretty sure they didn't really even think of this character until like way after the fact. Yeah. Um, so from there, I, I mean, like just, I don't know, man. He just really did his thing. He just like, just like he said, TikTok, nigga, like who we gonna kill. Like putting the gloves on. And right. Just like he about fear, to put some work in. Yeah. The fear in Tate's eyes is just like, oh, all right, let me go and give these guys a name then. Um, so we get them hanging out in the car. And I believe this was one of the other POV shots from uh, episode
1: ten. Yeah, somebody following ghosts. Yeah,
0: right. Because I definitely remember there being like a, a red and black trim dashboard, and now we know whose car that was. Because right. I think we talked about it on that episode. Um, we thought that that was Tommy because at this time Tommy was switching classic cars, like you know what I mean. Something you switch frequently, um, but yeah, uh, we get another. We get another. Hilarious scene with them kind of just explaining his love for country music and how it's all ours and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, and to
1: me, that was cool because I was like, that sounded like a conversation I would have had with my grandfather or something uh, like back in the day when he's trying to explain to us the world and you ain't really trying to hear because you know you don't want to hear what no old person got to say. But if you really listen, he is really dropping some some knowledge on him. So I, I thought that was another dope episode. Like I said, C- Cedric, the um, and Croup, and, and his son Carter really stole this episode. Yeah. Um they shine more than anybody else.
0: Yeah. And like just like you said he's you know it, it definitely is like one of those like I don't really want to hear this right now. But you know throughout this entire thing his son is definitely he seems like he's in his I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to pass him for for a teenager, but like he definitely seems like mid 20s, yeah. early 30s. I don't even like, know if he
1: that old. He I think he might have been Like you said, like he might be like college age, if anything, or or the the way they want to play him off. Like I don't think he's like a thirty five year old man.
0: But you know, he he's being respectful. Like he's being respectful. He's eager and like he wants to learn. It's just like, like you said, they stole this episode. Like I would have, I would have liked to seen more. Um, and then we get the revisitation of Tate coming to to essentially warn Ghost. Um. Hmm. And it's another one of those revisited scenes where it's like, honestly, I think this might have been the one that was the closest to what they originally shot. Yeah. Um, But it still felt a little off.
1: It was a little bit different. I feel like yeah. Ghost was toned down just a tad bit, even though Ghost was going in. Um, yeah. But this show, like, what was so annoying about Ghost in that episode 10, you know, if you go back to episode 10 was like, he just would not listening to anything and you never Ghost ain't never been the one to gloat and 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 you know kind of like rub it in your face that he got over on you like he always won but he never went out of his way to like kind of shit on the person that he beat and right. this episode was really i mean this scene was just really annoying and it's like do they want me to be rooting for Tate because it almost made me want to be like yeah Ghost acting like an asshole Ghost deserves whatever he should get yeah. um so you know he goes he tries to warn him that you know the killers are on his ass that I hire. I don't know how you explain it to somebody. Well, I accidentally kind of hired some uh, murderer, so maybe she'll watch it back. So I don't know how he would have, you know, articulated that. Uh, but no, I'll tell you, he would have found a way to do it. He is a, a great orator. So, uh, interesting thing. What you think about it?
0: Uh, pretty much the same. Um, it's like he he goes... And initially, I thought it was just to warn them about Sachs and Blanca. Um, and... It's, it's, he's, he wants to warn them about that and the, uh, the killers that are on the way. And, um, it, it, the trippy thing about it is, it's like he's, he's taking this, 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 this tongue lashing from Ghost and, you know, getting dunked on. And to a degree, he's about to just let Ghost die. He's like, all right, well, you know, I, I tried. He can always say that. Hey, I tried. But, you know, Ghost said that, like, you know, his son's coming just like, and that's one of the things that, like, Tate just like, yeah, he's a grimy dude, but he's not that grimy. And, you know, he, and I think that's why they played up the fact that he has a nephew. So he's just like, look, man, for real, let me let me help you out here. And again, the writers betraying ghosts like he does. not He not only like comes back to like I, I it was just so strange. Like this dude, he, he dunked on him from like the three point line at the, when he when he turned back around. It's just like, don't nobody else walking through, walking around here, like hear you saying all this, this wild, reckless stuff and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was interestingly revisited. But I don't want to nitpick too much. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, we get what I thought was a really well done scene. Um, he he walks into this cafe again, like somewhat defeated um, because. He actually tried to, you know, do the right thing. And his ego, his ego to a degree is what kind of held him back from just saying, like, dude, shut up. I'm trying, like, here's what the deal is. Right. Uh, but, like, you know, goes, he, he pressed those ego buttons. Um, he walks into this cafe and everyone in the cafe genuinely loves this guy. You know, uh, people want, they want pictures, they're, they're snapchatting them and selfies and mm-hmm. and they're tweeting and they're on phone calls and everything and it was it was the it was the thing that like reminded him of why he was doing this like despite a lot of his horrible tactics it, it remind it reminded him and the viewer that like this dude actually does care about the community he actually does care about these people um it just shows that he kind of got caught up in the griminess of politics, which is an interesting parallel to some other, some of the other characters of this show who got caught up in the griminess of the drug game. What did, what did you think about that scene?
1: Yeah, it was a dope scene. Um, like I said, I think it just kind of revitalized, uh, re-energized him. Um, and his ego, he was very defeated. He was basically kind of checking out, you know, and kind of just going to let things play out the way they, they were going to play out. But after he got, that uh groundswell of support in that shop I think it really pushed him towards the rest of the things that happened in this episode. So it was a good like a recharge of his batteries to see that he still could get some love and then he was gonna try to find a way to pivot that into still trying to meet his goals especially if you know his killers did succeed in getting ghosts out of there
0: yeah um, all that so uh from there he returns back to his his headquarters. And, uh, and I knew she was going to come back in one for, way or form from the previously on power. Uh, we get the return of Cassandra, um, who I, th- I thought this was a, a necessary, uh, but brief interaction between them where she's actually been sent by the democratic party, uh, to pretty much tell him like, yo, you need to, it's time to rein it in. Like it's over. It's time to pack it up. We don't need dissension in the, uh, in the party, and we don't need you splitting votes. So it's time to take it down. uh To which he's pretty much those are like, look, believe it or not, I th- I th- think, and this is just him believing in himself and some ego. It's like I think I can actually turn this around. So um, you know, f them, f you. Mhm. Get your ass um, out of here. You're right.
1: Yeah, I like say, I I already had much thoughts on this. I thought it was a, a nice call back. Um. So it was good to see her again and see that she just wasn't like written off or just gone off into the wild somewhere. Um, but it was cool. Like I said, I, like I said, after his after that incident at the coffee shop, I knew it was nobody gonna be able to tell him shit the rest of the episode, um, and he just kind of proved that point by the way he responded to her request.
0: Yeah. Um, again, just ego and like, cause she's telling him straight facts. Like, look, this is a bad look for you. You know the Democratic Party has already gotten behind who they're from this e- bubbling up to just be like nope you can't tell me what I can't do and you know he gets his last word um and she has that look on her face like alright hey I did what they told me to do Yeah, uh, it's on on you know it's on you from here on out um, so, from there, we go to the botched hit attempt. All right. Uh, you want to go ahead and, and jump this one off?
1: <laughs> I feel like we haven't seen this, this scene about 55 times. So, right. it, and... <laughs> it's good to see how it like ultimately ended and how they end up getting the drop on crew. But, you know, so it's hard to kind of talk about something we've we been seen five, six times. Um, but basically, uh, they go. They got an arsenal in their trunk. Um they picked two interesting... I probably wouldn't have picked those guns for the situation that I thought I was going into, um, but they they, oh, yeah. they picked basically two kind of a, kind of machine guns. Um, yeah. And, you know, once again, the father being the dad is trying to, like, tell his son, look, we're we going to handle this business. You know, watch me. Keep it cool. Uh, move when I move, and we'll get this job done. Uh, but the son being, I don't know, excited or... Trying to showcase that he can do a little bit more than he's supposed to be doing, uh, was moving a little bit too fast. Even though the dad told him a couple of times to slow down, um, he thought he had the shot. He shot a little too early. I don't know how he missed this shot because, you know, it's not like Ghost was moving around or running around. He just right. basically took an open shot, missed it, um, and then all, and then everything bad could've, that could have happened went, you know, happened bad for him. His gun jammed. Uh, that gave. I mean he wasn't expecting another person to be there. and then Tommy and Ghost just start shooting back. And you know when Tommy and Ghost start shooting back, you know. We we talked about Tommy the uh superhero last weekend.
0: Oh yeah, this was this was his, his action moment too. We, yeah. I I like the revisiting of that line. Um you ain't Italian. Right. Um we get we get that original shot of Cedric being dead. Right.
1: Um, and we see Krupp, you know, Krupp definitely died saving his son. So Yeah, yeah, which was um,
0: which was I'm glad, you know, with this brief amount of time that we had with them, they they did it the way they did it. Um, but yeah, I was with you. As um, soon as I, I saw them pick the guns they picked, I was like, okay, y'all on some Call of Duty loadouts, because uh, these guns make no real sense. <laughs> like, for so the situation other. they was going into. <laughs> right. Uh, because, yeah, they definitely got tossed off by pistols. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything you said, like, Junior was, was too quick on the draw, and missed you know too eager to show that he could do it Um and I like the panic on his face when when things go sideways and he gets the gun on champ and everything like that so uh just the this was probably my favorite version of this scene mm-hmm. Um because you know it, it made more sense it's just like the, the first two versions of this scene it was just like these phantom bullets and missing wildly yeah Um so I thought that was I thought that was dope
1: yeah, I mean, so we and we we see he he's way you know has less experience than his father, and that could explain how he missed the open shot, you know, with the nerves and everything. As opposed to how did Ghost not get killed when these two clearly had the drop on him in the two previous times we saw this scene? So good, good catch on that.
0: Yeah, so um, we return back to Kate, uh, Kate, Kate headquarters, where um, some dude is he trying to he trying to come up and uh he's trying to leave with a bunch of contacts so he could work for loretta walsh because you know he he sees the ship is going down and uh i thought it, although it was very close like i thought he was gonna do uh do this dude like he did his first assistant oh beat the crap of uh, yeah, beat him up <laughs> beat the crap out yeah. of
1: him well he threw a couple of glasses at him that's enough
0: yeah so uh from you know he he escapes by the hair of his chinny chin chin yeah and uh, in walks Dre. Um, shout out to Rotimi and collecting the check on this episode. Yeah,
1: got a song song on episode two.
0: Yep, I, yeah, we didn't talk about that. I thought that was you know that was that was fair. You know, he's one of the most polarizing uh, uh, characters on of the series. And like when he died, they, I'm kind of glad they gave him his. They gave they sent him out on his song, but I don't know why that song. It was like a a club love song, but whatever. You know, hey, if y'all streamed it, go stream it. Whatever. Um, this is this is Dre coming in to to pretty much offer up some info, some some, but also ask for a favor as well, right? And uh, from there, we get Tate in his car, um, getting a call from Carter, frantic.
1: <laughs> I always like when people on TV shows like. Uh, you're breaking up. Uh, don't call this oh, number. Man. It's always funny to Hilarious. me.
0: Hilarious. Like, I love the fact that he actually tried to get away with that. Um, I also like the fact that like when when he calls him and he's like, "Who is this?" He's like, "Yo, this is Carter." Like, he actually like looks around while he's driving as if like he's being followed or mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, I love the fact that he he really this dude really tried to hit him with a <laughs> with a you're breaking up and hung up right. <laughs> And then and
1: just wondering about his day like a, a hitman is not looking for him or a group of hitmen right. because he doesn't know. Well, he told him his father was dead. But at this point, you got to know he's mad at you and upset with you. And he just wondering about his day like nothing had happened.
0: Well, right. And I kind of thought about that. And I think the only reason he felt a because li- even, even when he walks into Tasha's empty daycare, he's looking around. Like okay. he's just kind of peeping the spot. And also it's like he, he kind of has a little bit of – of confidence in the fact that, like, you know, his dad is calling the shots. So, you know, assuming he doesn't really know his way around New York like that. Well, I don't know. These dudes could have been from New York. But, yeah, I, I said all that to say, yeah, he definitely went around about his day. Kind of like Dre did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he was like, there's way too much going on for you. And Tommy. Tommy, you kidnapped the kid. You made, like, three more stops after that kidnapping. Um, Go sit down somewhere. Uh, but yeah, we get uh, Tate uh, coming to Tasha, right?
1: And I feel uh, like they've been wasting Tasha this whole last five episodes because they just uh, randomly throw into every story, but nothing really comes out of these these interactions she's having with people. I mean, at the most, maybe the Tommy one was was kind of interesting because you did. I mean, you kind of was like Willie or won't he kill her for for killing Keisha? But you knew he wasn't really going to kill her because. We, you knew she played a lot uh, she was not gonna, she was gonna get her own episode down the line but they just kind of like throw Tasha in she doesn't really add anything to the particular story in my opinion um, you know it's basically him basically uh, letting them know I heard about what happened with Ray Ray we, it, it's just another chance for him to try to stop ghosts now that he knows the assassination didn't work but I, I, I didn't get Tasha's involvement in this episode or why we needed her in this scene
0: uh, speaking of which and it, it didn't hit me until this episode. They do this thing with Tasha every single time. Whenever somebody like puts a plate a tray of evidence in front of her face, she does this exact same thing where she she feigns shock, she turns around, she walks away, and then talks talks away from them while her eyes move back and forth, trying to like gauge it. It's the same move every time, and it, I, it irks me. Mm. Like, I never f- fully noticed it until now, but I just like, this dude just, and I, I, again, I'm not an actor, but at the same time, it's just like, you gotta make it a little bit, try not to look like you're lying. Like, this dude said, Ghost is about to, James is about to throw Tariq under the bus about the, like, just start spitting all these things she knows is factual, and her it's like, well, why would he do that? No, you must be mistaken. James would never do that. And it doesn't match the energy Lorenz Tate is giving her. Where it's just like, look, you need to put this away. You need to put this man away and you need to do it now. And the urgency that he's delivering, it's it's clashing against her just kind of being... I mean, it's kind of a, a problem. It doesn't ramp up until... She tells him that like he can't be beat, like he's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you feel about that mineral? Aside from the fact that you felt like it was a wasted, another wasted scene for her.
1: I'm like, I mean, I think you kind of summed it up pretty much better than I could even talk about it because, like I said, I just thought she was like, I think they was like they just got to put her in a scene like contractually as a part of her contract, she has to be in the scene. Um, but she didn't really add anything that we haven't already seen or say a thousand times in this last five episodes. It's just that she has given up. Ghost is unbeatable. Nothing you say matters because he's always gonna win. And she said that to every single character who went and talked to her. She said it to Pa. She said it to Dre. She said it. I don't. She might not have said it to Tommy, but she literally has just basically said the same thing in every scene she's been in. Is that Ghost is unstoppable. We need to stop fighting against him because we can't win. So I mean, I'm just sick of Tasha at this point
0: they did and they did leave that that episode not episode excuse me they left that scene that scene off on a on a line where he's just like look is he if he's so unstoppable like there's nothing you wouldn't do to save your own son right and that just further fed into my my theory that Tasha shot ghost um but you know time will tell uh so Tate again confident that he's out of the woods um is hanging out at his uh his family's house, taking out the trash. Taking right out the trash. Um, his, he has changed back into his oversized hoodie and jeans.
1: I'm starting um, to think he don't have no house. He was, I'm uh, his, starting to
0: think the same thing. The
1: man. whole time he was at their place.
0: He got two suits and a car.
1: Never went home.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I. I but yeah, Carter pops up, pissed, rightfully so. His dad has been. His dad is dead and um you know told him like look man this is all on you like you we didn't know that there were gonna be two dudes you didn't tell us there were gonna be two dudes and Tate, fair like hey man i tried to get y'all not to kill this dude right um i don't understand that
1: rationale anyway because you guys were following him the whole time he didn't tell you where to kill ghosts he just said he wanted ghosts dead and you happened to follow him somewhere you thought he was alone it wasn't like tate said this is what ghost is gonna be this is where you should kill him they had been following him all day so i don't know why he I mean, you know, he just was distraught that his father was dead, but there was no rationale to, to be upset with Tate because the second person was at a meeting that you followed somebody to,
0: right? And uh, we, we get a standoff um, where, yeah, Carter threatens his whole family, which you know, classic bad guy stuff, especially after you, you know, you lose your dad and everything, and uh, we get we get real stand up Tate. Where you know, he's just like my family has got nothing to do with this, and I think he used his confidence and like his experience, obviously being a police officer, to kind of bluff Carter. Yeah, I'm not saying Carter wouldn't have shot him, but you could see the the unease in his eyes because he's still on edge. His father died hours ago. He's on his own. Um, so he he's obviously doesn't make know what to make of this, and um, Maul gets to drop on him, puts yeah. him down.
1: I kind of saw this coming. From when we saw that his, that his the guy was a cop, was like, not that this you know he watched me with it. As soon as they started having a discussion, I was like, oh, he gonna shoot him, and because he a cop, he gonna get away with killing him. Right. Um, so you know, that kind of we kind of saw that come. But you know, Tate was a stand up guy for at least saying like, yo, they ain't got shit to do with this. Your issue with me, you know, lead them out of it. We ain't got you know we ain't got to involve my family in something that they had nothing to do with. So that was one redeemable quality that he had in this particular episode.
0: Right. Um, and we we also get some brotherly realness, you know, where Tate's trying to trying to figure out, well, excuse me, his brother is trying to figure out, like, what what in the world happened. And Tate is he's already trying to, con, you know, concoct his story because he knows how this goes. And his brother's rightfully kind of poking his moles in it like, you know, this, this never happens around right. here, you know, <laughs> crackhead um, mugging. Right, he was like, they, "We don't get muggins around here." If you came back to the hood,
1: you, you know were it. yeah. This place is a lot more safe than it used to be.
0: Right. Um, so we get we get <laughs> Tate getting a phone call for an emergency, and the funny thing was, I thought he was using he was using that as an excuse to leave. Oh, no, no. Um, but like, they actually someone actually called him and said it was an emergency. Yeah, they
1: wanted that shit back. <laughs>
0: These dudes were taking stuff out at the at what eight o'clock at night, eight thirty at night.
1: <laughs> Whatever time was, it was late.
0: Just because they couldn't even wait till the till Monday morning. That is so grimy. Uh, but yeah, they 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 took all that stuff out. Um, Blanca comes by, and we we need to. I don't know. We at some point we need to figure out. We we need to get the answer to what's going on with Blanca who was that arrest warrant for? I was like, wait but they didn't she she told everybody that they didn't get it.
1: Yeah but then she went back and got Dre to lie so the, the it was denied for the cell phone and the dirt on the shoes and all that type of stuff. They denied her for that but then when she went back and talked to, uh, to Dre and Dre was like I saw him do it. Then she went back to the judge and Cause remember the pause episode after she, uh, got Dre to give the confession, she went back to Warner and then Warner went to the judge and then that's when they got, the, right. the the one to arrest Ghost.
0: Yeah, because we had that conversation because we we're trying to figure out why, why he would all of a sudden do this, but with the new with the new information, you kind of have to. Um, so that I guess that's a good job on their part on manipulating time in that uh, that episode ten. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tate has been delivered the news that he's going to get away. Well, there, that there's going to be no charges brought against him. And um, he he kind of resigns to defeat. Right. And uh, enter Simon Stern.
1: Real quick, an- another scene I don't understand. Why do I care? Like, why do I care about Simon Stern at this point? I mean, because w- w- they they still talking about setting up a future for Tate in a show that's going to end in a week and that he's not a main character in. So this whole discussion with Tate and Walsh and getting them to quit and all that, I, you know, I, I'm just uh, I was watching it and I'm struggling to to understand why I, as a viewer of this show, should care about this scene or still care about Stern at this point. So I'm gonna tell you, I already got no thoughts. I don't know what your thoughts are. Maybe you have some something I missed or some insight you could share. But I'm I, a lot of these scenes, I'm like, why do I care about this?
0: Um, I, you know, I think as far as I could concerned I was just like ah, Simon Cern, asshole extraordinaire. Yeah. Um, and I, my the only the only logical thing that comes to mind for me is that they're gonna continue some of this stuff in the Tariq spinoff. Um, or maybe
1: you know, maybe pop, uh, the Mary J. Blige one, whatever that is.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, which like which they they would have to because they laid a lot of groundwork in these past couple episodes um, for for some of this stuff to to carry out and then not be revisited. Um, but yeah, we get you know douches. You know, <laughs> I, I think the the I think the only the the biggest plus from this scene was pretty much Stern. Uh, like kind of setting up his allegiance with uh, with Walsh, um, and just like just showing the 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 grimy, grimy side of politics, um, of how it's just like, look, yeah. this I mean, without we
1: well, not going into control, but that would be great if this was a political show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? This is about drug dealers,
0: yeah, and you know, but you know, a lot of politicians are drug dealers, true, true. Um, but this, this also kind of sets up, you know, the way the, the episode ends. Um, and it, it also sets up for, for Tate to, despite his flaws, many though they may be, to, to pretty much flex that, like, look, man, I may have lost and whatnot, and I may be, you know, at the bottom of, of, the, of the dirt right now, but I still have my, my principles. And that the crazy thing was, like, she was actually coming to ask for, like, kind of like a ceasefire. Like, look, you need to get on the winning team, cause it ain't you right now. And Tate, with a bit of ego, but a lot of his principle, just being like, no, like, this is this is bigger than us being on the same party. Like, you need black voter voters, and that's the only reason you want me. To which, grimy politician remarks, she was like. Yeah, I got James St. Patrick for that now, and that's the thing that I, I really think pushed Tate to to like over the edge, uh, like okay, that's it, I want him dead, like period, and I want it and I want it done now. Um. So the next scene is essentially uh, his brother, and that was a that was a real ominous phone call. When, like his brother goes like yo are you done he was like yeah he's like all right stay there like I'm coming to get you, um. Which crazy, but honestly I I I skipped over a part. Uh, we get the meeting between Dre where he gives him his his identity his new identity, and his money, and uh, we get the revisiting of the, which again it was relined they they changed the dialogue a little bit. Rodríguez like, yeah, I'll do it for free, um, because I, I want I want him dead just as much as you do. Um, what any any thoughts on the revisiting of that scene?
1: Nah, I don't think they really add anything too new to it. Like I think you know a lot of the stuff. I, I I would think that anytime they were like revisiting the scene, that they would kind of add some type of new information, a new appeal to it. But in this one, I don't think they necessarily did anything that drastically changed the narrative of of the story.
0: The one thing I picked up on was that before he met up with with Dre, he took a gun. When he meets up with Dre, he asks him, do you need a gun? And Dre's like, nah, I got one. And I'm wondering if that's going to play a part into earlier when Tariq asked Dre for a gun. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious about that. Um, so we get the the car conversation, and this was probably one of the best, if not the best scene. Was pretty much them talk, you know, the brotherly conversation of Maul just seeing through his his little brother's BS, and you know, from his 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 test, of the story he's gonna he's gonna give on why he was out there in the alley um, to them, just kind of hashing out. I guess, childhood insecurities they had with each other. Um, what did you think with, about that scene?
1: Yeah, that was a cool scene. And I like that the brother was kind of calling him on his BS. He's like, man, you making can fool everybody with this politician bullshit, but your story ain't adding up. It's a little bit too fishy. And I'm, you know, trying to look out for you as a brother, but I can't do that if you're not honest with me. And then Tate just kind of stick it to his guns and like, look, I'm not, I'm, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to try to lie to you, but if something bad happens to somebody, they might try to blame me, <laughs> so I was like, "What are you talking about? You're not involved." But they could. Oh, hold on, shit! Am I getting the car? Cause they had two. Am I getting the scenes mixed up? Cause they had two scenes when they was driving in the car, and uh, one of them he was like, "If Andre Coleman, uh, that's
0: I think that's after he he gives his um his uh his his report to the police." Okay, um, which so, we, yeah. we we can mesh together, but let's go ahead and talk about him talking to the police and how he finishes that. Um, you want to go on that first,
1: man? That just showed me the cops is dirty as hell. Cops so quick to like want to uh, blame the uh, victim or the person who was shot by one of them is just some type of person that didn't deserve to live. And one good person in the room is Tate's brother. He like, damn, that was still a person. Like, I, you know, they act like you they was gleeful that you know yeah. there was one less uh, possible criminal on the streets. And he was like, up you know, I don't get no joy out of killing that man. I killed him to say my brother, but that was still a human being. Can we show some respect? And you know they were just being totally disrespectful. And it for like a slither, you thought Tate was going like, to say something to him, but of course he just gave him a fist bump because he he can't stop being a politician and and wanting everybody to like him, I guess.
0: Yeah, uh, th- this honestly was it was like one of the the worst the worst scenes. Not not just for context, but it was almost cartoonish. Like the two dirty cops were just they were like cartoon characters, like, yeah, giggling and whatnot, and yeah, bro, like the uh, police brothers uh, for for life, bro. And the little fist bump, like the one they did to each other, was too funny to me, like so so bad that I missed, um, Tate giving you know like, giving a fist bump because yeah. I was laughing so hard at that because you know one dude's got the the cheesy uh, slick back hair with the with the eighties cop mustache and whatnot, um well <laughs> yeah it, w- it was cartoonish but yes you know it, it definitely it was designed to further how grimy the police are i mean and it worked but i feel like they could they could have definitely done it a little better right um this actually melds into the 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 conversation uh because they get the call that um and for a brief second it gets it gets real because his brother's really about to be on I guess like probably like administrative leave or something like that yeah they were about to take um, his gun yeah because of what happened and you know and, and which is really messed up because all he was doing was protecting his brother
1: yeah but at least um, it was uh, uh, at least it was realistic I yeah. hate because I'll be watching like you know bad boys I like bad boys like bad boys I just saw the recent the, the most recent bad boys uh, yeah but not to give them that it's no different like than all it, this can be said about any bad boys movie yeah yeah, yeah. in real life if a cop shoots somebody uh, even if it's in the line of duty, even if it's justifiable, they don't get their gun back the same night. They don't get right. to just go back and be on the key on the streets running the streets. Every time a cop shoots somebody, there's an investigation. And while the investigation is ongoing, the cop is on uh administrative duties. Whether they were wrong or right, no matter how quick the, the sometimes it's a quick investigation, sometimes it's a long one. But a cop cannot kill somebody um and then the same night be like patrolling the streets. Right, and so at least they kind of was going to go down the path of making that be kind of realistic um, even though they basically told him look we need you I don't know why they need a, a plain clothes officer for a murder of truth he's not a detective he's not a homicide detective I don't know why they needed him so bad um, but basically they was like look we had a shooting at truth anybody in the station has to go and then, hey Tate I know you're a civilian but you used to be a cop so it's cool you should come to an active crime scene yeah
0: that was ridiculous <laughs> And just the delivery, like, come on, bro Like we're gonna we're gonna go hit up the in and out, the Whataburger. Right. Come on, man. Like, yeah, that was just that was just bad. Um but we get we get the this is the revelation that it's like, okay, Tate didn't do it. Right. He because he was there. He was he was in custody when this happened. So now we know for a fact Tate didn't do this.
1: Yeah, but um, I mean honestly, as a fan of the show, we knew
0: yeah, before they started oh, this
1: five episodes that Tate didn't of do
0: course. it. Of course. And, and that's the crazy thing, like, while I appreciate, I guess, the, the, I guess, I don't know, going out on a limb with this whole thing, it's like, you could have, you could have maximized your time by sprinkling the Paz, the Dre, well, no, actually, I, would, I wouldn't have minded Dre as being a real suspect, you could have sprinkled the Paz, the Tate, and the, um, in the obviously the sax stuff like you could have just sprinkled that about instead of giving them their own episodes. You could have done much more, but
1: right. Whatever. Somebody amazing um, like this show had been for years begging for more episodes. Like yeah, people always like it's not enough episodes. Fact. And then they that's finally get them and they don't know how to fill them properly. So yeah. it's like you didn't need 15 episodes from the start. You 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 had found a way to make 10 episodes work every year. Maybe you should have just stuck with the 10 and maybe we would have had a more compelling story cuz as, as much as I like the Tommy episode and the Dre episode, these last five episodes have really been off putting to me and have turned me off from what, you know, and I never thought I was like this great show, like the greatest show ever, but really has downgraded the show for me.
0: Uh, I don't know if I would go that far. Only because I came in after having binged it. Not to say that I had necessarily low expectations, but I I knew that like a lot of it was it was fluff, you know what I mean? Um it so I, I feel you but also it's like, you know, I, I I wasn't I wasn't fully in that, that lane. But um regardless, uh here we are. We we, we continue I guess we might as well continue the conversation. Um where they're in the car. And they're talking about um, how they're just their their upbringing and everything like that. Um, And this, I I really like this this particular scene, this conversation, the dialogue between them, because I really just said the the same thing like three times back to back. My bad, Uh, but it's it's really his brother, like you said, calling him out on everything, and again, like. Being just real about him and, and his ego, like it's his ego, and I honestly, this was the scene that it kind of showed to me that like of these two, Tate was the ghost. He didn't know how to lose. Mm-hmm. Like he he always won. He always found a way to come out on top. Um, and that's that was the thing that like he his brother was just getting getting to him that's just like you you've you've always been able to talk your way out of everything um things come naturally to you you're gifted like you always win and it it kind of made his loss to ghost that much heavier because it's this dude that essentially doesn't lose and he lost big mm-hmm. you know and it's you could tell it's it's him dealing with his first L at a point in his life where he he never thought he'd have to deal with Ls and, not, and again, not just any L, a huge L. What did, what did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good, you know, good summer or a good thing of it because his brother talks about him, how lucky he is and how he's always, you know, always coming out on top. So it did really kind of feed into what you're saying is that maybe he doesn't know how to deal with losing because he just never had to really do it. Um, and that's why he's taking this loss to the hands of Go so hard um because honestly he could have like, like like people been telling the whole episode you know you still you still a city councilman you still in politics it's not the end of your career
0: right.
1: it's just not your time right now it's not your cycle and you know uh, for most the majority of politicians they would have dial it back and then kind of came back stronger the next time it was their chance but he just refused um like many characters in these last five episodes refused to just let things go even when they look like they would look you know there was nowhere else right. for them to go. They just can't just like be like, okay, I get it. I lost. Let me kind of regroup and then come back later. But no, they just want to, you know, they got to be buried before they admit that they lost.
0: Right. Stay in the car. That's all you had to do. Yep. But my question is, you know, he cocks the gun before he gets out. Police everywhere.
1: I don't know what he was planning on doing.
0: That what was what would you gonna do? Why
1: Those would he even bring a gun on. out there? Like did he exactly. think he was gonna see ghosts and, you know, drop him? or Dre. Oh, possibly. Maybe though but
0: that was my thought. That like he was gonna he was gonna try and find Dre and and pull a more on his terms of what happened with um
1: Alfonso. Oh Alphonse. There
0: it is. Yeah, Alphonse. Where he was gonna put him down and be a hero.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I think that's what his plan was, but uh, he gets he gets stopped by by a news reporter, and puts on the most amazing display of men, of just just verbal diarrhea. Right, masterful.
1: Pulled it out his ass, just all types right. of words and inspirational quotes and religious things.
0: Effortlessly. Right. It was amazing. Like, yeah, because the brother I, even asked him.
1: The brother asked. Yeah. At the end, like, how, we, we, you know, where'd that come from? And he just—I I think he said like practice. Like he just has been yeah. doing this smoozing and this BSing thing for so long that it's just natural to him.
0: Just, and obviously, you know, we know this is scripted and everything. But like, he—he's so believable, like that. It's just—it was amazing to see him to just pull this out of his out of his ass, just like nothing. Right, like okay, I'm I'm up against the call, up against the wall. Um, not only do I need to say what you want to hear, but I need I need to look as good as possible while doing this. And man, did he pull it off? Mm-hmm. Um, too like smooth, his, too smooth. Yeah, his brother's over there watching him. Like this, this is amazing. And he Tate gets if even if he loses, you know, obviously he's gonna at this point he's gonna lose this campaign. Um it's like he still he still looks good. If if nothing else, he still looks good.
1: Right. True indeed.
0: So like I said, we uh Forever a spinster. He 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 makes it happen. So uh and it, it makes me wonder again, like So the way this this, it transitioned into the scene of him getting his tie, his tie, his necktie tied, I'm wondering if there's another, uh, another time skip. No, I don't.
1: it's It's like the next day.
0: I think they want you to believe that, but I just I don't know, man. I feel like there's a time skip. I would hope that that they really wouldn't read this dude's will the day after he got shot. But like I I don't know. I, I feel like there's a time skip, but uh we get Loretta Walsh and Scary Mr. Ott mm-hmm. uh coming by his brother's place because mm-hmm. as you've theorized, Tate might be a political hobo. He just he just be living at the office.
1: I don't and... know what he does. But he yeah. he don't like I say why was he even getting dressed at his uh brother's house and why did he have the meeting? <laughs> With the DNC at his brother's house, like he don't, ha- yeah. Because even late in the episode, he in a hotel. Yeah, he yeah. does. He maybe he don't got nowhere to live.
0: <laughs> anyway, amazing. But uh, so, yeah. So uh,
1: the DNC shows back up, uh, and uh, Miss uh, what's her name, Walsh? Yeah, they show back up, um, and they, I guess they had come to some type of negotiation where Tate was going to be the lieutenant governor. She needed a new black man to replace her old black man who had died. Um, but Tate was like, "Fuck that." Uh, he he, fresh off the coffee shop thing, he fresh off the inspirational speech that had had people excited and pumped up. So he's like, "I'm you know, let's renegotiate these terms." Um, and instead of me being the, I'm only thing I'll take is governor now. I want to be the DNC nomination. And Walsh tried to, you know, I thought this was hilarious. She tried to fight with him or like nah that's not going to happen and dude basically told her look either go wait in the car or call yourself a taxi because I'm not dealing yeah. with you no more um, so that pretty much shut her down and reestablish him as the man that's going to be the the um, the um next governor of New York and to me now that I'm thinking about it this must be setting up for something in one of these sequels at least in the Power Book 2 because they're just, they just doing too much to showcase yeah. that you know Tate is still winning when the episode really could have ended like we don't need any additional information from Tate as far as it comes to just this series alone. They could end it with him giving that little rah-rah speech and let that to be the end of it. Why do we need this adi- all these additional scenes? If it's not going to come into the sequel down the line.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I just just take petty, petty tape Like when she, when Loretta's losing it <laughs> Tate's like Loretta, there's a child in the house. Because right.
1: like, she was cussing boys, on being loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, like, politics is grimy because she really came over there on the air of, like, look, come get with the team and literally had the team snatched from her out of her arms by the dude standing right next to her that she rode with. And Mr. Ott is, he's Olivia Pope because he flipped that quick.
1: Yeah, and he definitely caught in all the shots. Right. He let it be known. And,
0: uh, man... We, so we go to to the next scene and the bounce back of all, all bounce backs. This man Tate in that church,
1: yeah. There's nothing bad. else. He a great politician. Oh yeah. And great speaker. Oh, yeah. He riled up the crowd. It was, you know, I thought that scene was real cool just in the fact that how he was controlling the crowd. And of course, we know it's scripted, but you see that really in people, and you understand like the char, um, like charisma and how charisma can really sway people to kind of want to follow somebody.
0: Right. We get a we get a shot of a salty Ramona just steaming. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh yeah, you you done for. Um but yeah, just Tate showing what what and when I say good, I don't mean actual morally good. I mean like good at playing the game politics looks like. Um he he milked that place, he played it. He, he started to get he, he, preachy, you know what I mean, with the cadence and whatnot, and he did his thing. Um, and, of course, Tate being dirty, dirty Tate when he's leaving, man, when, when him and his family were walking out, and that's just how much this show has scarred me, I thought someone was going to shoot him or his brother. Like, in, in broad daylight, in the rain, in front of all these people, I thought someone was going to run up and put two in his chest. Um, but that's just, you know, the nature of this show. Uh, but yeah, dirty, dirty Rashad. Uh, the, the reporter asks him about, uh, you know, choices made and everything. And he just, he just tosses Ramona right under the bus. Uh, you want to, you might want to ask Ramona, uh, whatever her last name was. Um, She's the one that had an affair with James St. Patrick and you know and her career and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: That was just like I said, I don't understand why he was so petty in that moment. It was just uncalled for and petty to like for one you was kinda tearing down a dead man, somebody who had right. just died and who just last night you were praising. And all of a sudden like like that I didn't understand why he was so quick to um kind of tear ghosts down, especially so quick after he had died. Especially right. when he was just using them the night before to kind of uplift himself, so that part I didn't understand.
0: And and just the cockiness. Oh,
1: like it was, it was it, fully back.
0: Right, right, right. Before that happened, uh, she 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 pretty much showed some respect. Like, hey, congrats, you know, you did it. And he was like, you never should have bet against me. But it was like, dude, you were defeated. Yeah. Like this was this was pure happenstance and chance. That you that you came out on top like you, you were you were done you were done mm-hmm. um but yeah uh nice little you know parting shot with with his uh with his family's his brother dropping the news that uh that dre is dead yeah um which it, he even said like you know why are you telling me this um he's just like hey, I just thought you wanted to know uh these things worked out in your favor again um, yeah Lucky. Oh, that's what it was. He always called him lucky. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you might want to buy some lotto tickets or something. Um, But yeah, just grimy, grimy. And then, because I'm sure somebody on the internet was asking for it, we got a sex scene.
1: Well, the, the, for a show that had been so sex positive over the years, they really didn't give us a lot this season. So it was good to have to throw one more in there. Why not? Because you know you're not going to see one next week. So why not throw it one more? Apparently uh Tate uh is not lying about his um his sexual prowess. Cause they uh he got Cassandra back, reeled her back in for one more go around. Yeah. And she could do nothing but praise him and I guess his skills.
0: Even got her to pay for the whole for the room. Right.
1: And that was a nice that thing looked
0: nice. That was a nice room. And and all I could think was, like, why don't she just blow up her, his spot? And I was like, oh, she she has political aspirations, so she can't. Right. So, ever the chess player, but just so dirty. Because Ramona comes over, and, you know, they're both being petty towards Ramona.
1: Well, she comes downstairs, roll ball open. Right. Titties hanging out and everything. Yeah. And uh, just, like, look, Ramona. And then <laughs> Ramona was just mad. She was like, bro, I mean. You had no reason to kind of throw me, you know, throw mud on my name. But well, like, why? Why did you have to forget the fact that I was having an affair with ghosts? When one, she wasn't having an affair with ghosts. Exactly. She never slept with ghosts. Exactly. I mean, she had plans to that night, but she just never. Man, he died before she could do it.
0: Dang, now that you, now that you mention that's tragic. She never, she never got it. Nope. She never got it. Uh, but yeah, I
1: mean, but you so said this was one more, one more, last chance in this particular episode for Tate to be as petty as possible. Uh, because he basically, like, F Ramona, and then Cassandra taking Sheep back in good with him. F you too. Get out. He he's kicked her out of the place she paid for.
0: Hey, yo. But before that, the way he set that up, he was like, you know, if you leave now, you and Ramona can it's, probably split an Uber. Right. Oh, my God.
1: So he was oh just all out God. petty.
0: I would never, never have the, the gall. Like, oh man! If I had a fraction of that confidence, I, man, the things hey. I probably would have accomplished in life
1: might be the king just of the, the world.
0: Fraction, just a fraction of that confidence to, not even to say it, but to to think it, like just straight up.
1: And was serious about
0: it. It was dead serious. Tied his little robe up and everything. He, was, he meant he was like, all right, well, we're done here. Thank you for the room. I'm gonna go sit down. And watch TV, and uh, not only does he get the confirmation of a ghost being dead, they have apprehended the uh, suspect. the murderer. Or was, did they say suspect? They say a suspect.
1: A suspect has been arrested.
0: Okay, and you know, and, uh, which led
1: to a cheesy cliffhanger,
0: of course. Which at this point, just show it.
1: They might as well,
0: because then you can just play you know, had the, the last episode as the build-up. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's how we go out. Um, so so obvious,
1: real, real quick, there's a couple of things that annoyed me about this episode. It's like, they they once again, they let somebody win who really shouldn't have won. Like, right. Tate was not a good person. Like, Tate, and the same thing with Tommy, like you were saying with Tommy, at least Tommy was somebody we loved, though. So, like, we want right. to see something happy for him. But for Tate, why would I want to see Tate get a happy ending? Um, so uh, let's, this hopefully this prayerfully, this sets up something down the line where he is in um, this pop, this power ghost book tour, whatever it's called and maybe he some more of the story unfolds in that because without that there's really no point of having all of this uh, a Tate story at all and then all the stuff with him actually being the winner because it looks like he will be the one that's going to be the governor of New York down the line so hopefully that kind of ties back in um, but what, what, what about you any closing thoughts Thoughts about this episode? Final um, thoughts, grades, whatever it may be.
0: I'm kinda of with you. Like, he he didn't deserve his his own his happy ending as well. Um <laughs> this would be one of the few times like, you know what, go ahead and let go ghost fake his death so he can kill so he can hit, kill Tate real quick or something like that. But um like I said, not a not a horrible episode. Um not a bad episode. It was a, it was a, a solid episode in the wrong part of the series, um, this was a good episode. It was just with the with the clock ticking, it. This episode should have been something else. Um, honestly, I'd say great episode. If you if you completely cut out the pause episode, um, shout out to Lorenz Tate for you know just flexing and pretty. If even if he doesn't show up in one of these spinoffs. Uh, he's he's setting himself up for something else. Um, shout out to Cedric the Entertainer and showing that he can he can do serious and a bit scary as well. So yeah, uh, not a not a horrible episode, but yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, like I said, the episode
1: uh, itself is not bad. It's just like at this point in this season, in the final episode, just unwanted, unneeded. Yeah. I don't I don't get the point of it. Uh, other than maybe to set up something down the line. But it's not really a reward for people who have just been watching the show and want to get us to the finale of this series and not really worry about what the next series might bring.
0: Yeah. But yeah, man. One um, more time. So any any, any last Hail Mary thoughts? I'm still sticking with, I, I believe it's Tasha.
1: I'll go Tariq. Okay. At this point, I think Tariq and then Tasha tries to cover it up in some type of way. Or maybe she takes the fall for her son in the way that ghosts wouldn't. But I, I don't see anybody but Tariq being the killer at this point. And then why are they still including Saks as one of the three suspects? Good man. Like, are we right. really gonna get three people's story in this last... Is it gonna be a two-hour episode?
0: If if ever there should be one, it should be this. It, this, this is the one it should be. Because wasn't, wasn't episode 10 like an hour and 30? It wasn't.
1: I don't think it was that long, but it was it was a little... It was extended. It was a little bit longer. I don't okay. think they made it in 90 minutes, but it, made, it was probably a good 115, 110. So we'll we'll see, man.
0: So obviously not next week, but we'll be back in two weeks. Um, <laughs> real quick, who you got in the Super Bowl?
1: Who <laughs> I got in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I always root for the black quarterback. Either black quarterback or black. But when it's not my team, black quarterback or black coach, I root for them. So I got to go Chiefs.
0: Okay. Um, I'm a Raiders fan. So honestly, I kind of want this to be like a no contest. Um, I want the Niners to come up on drug allegations and I want the chiefs to be, uh, come up on a a targeting investigation, um, headhunting and whatnot. And, uh, we'll just get a halftime show, a bunch of commercials and, uh, we'll leave it at that. But I guess I have to pick somebody. Uh, I I think I, I think I'm gonna rock with the Chiefs just this once.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yep. Got to pick somebody. Uh, anyway, we'll be back for one final time. Uh, people already know what if, I'm not even gonna do the spiel no more. People know where to find the show at this point. If you haven't figured out how to find the show by now, I mean, well, still share it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. still share it. Anybody that's listening right now, share it, who people are. listening to it. You know, uh, feel free to comment, feedback, all that, all that BS. But uh, we only got one more of these left to go. I pray that they bring it strong in the final episode. I might be able to forgive all this other stuff if they bring it strong in the final episode. But if they lay another dud, I will not be watching the sequel.
0: Alright. You heard the man. Um, I'm on the fence now. Whether whether or not, I watch, uh, if I do watch it, I don't know if I'll recap it. But we shall see. I, I don't think I... I don't think I can do it alone. I could, but I, I don't think I will. Uh, and then I don't think I want to. So, you're, this is it. You guys are at the uh you're at the one yard line. Are you going to pass? Are you going to rush? What is it going to be? Um as always, I'm Triple D. I'm
1: Carlos D. Uh, Peace. <laughs>